All righty. On this uh, MLK Jr. Day, uh, we celebrate the civil rights leader, his legacy as well. No better guest to kind of uh, state what exactly is the meeting. Laura Harding uh, takes over from Elaine Gross, who was the founder and president of Erase Racism, uh, a regional civil rights organization based right here on Long Island, exposing and addressing the devastating impact of historical and ongoing structural Races, particularly in housing, public education. We need to learn more, and we welcome Laura Harding, the new president, taking over the reins, and uh, we welcome you the first time in the airwaves. Laura, how are you? Thanks for coming on on this very important day. I am well today, and thank you for having me. It is a pleasure. Give us uh, the meaning of this very special day and, uh, you know, things that we should never forget. What is it all about? I think I think the meaning of this day is more and more salient. Um, sometimes we hope that we can celebrate Dr. King um, for what he achieved and for what we were able to achieve as a result of his work. But um, more and more, so much of the celebration is focused on the things that we are still left to achieve, that we have made some strides, but there's still so much more. And so uh, one of the things that immediately comes to mind is uh, when you have an elected congressman who gets up in Congress and makes a sign representing uh, white supremacy boldly with no repercussions, um, it reminds us that the dreaded evil of racism is not something a yesteryear and that it very much... um, still is here. Um, I think one of the things that I have been thinking a lot about Dr. King on is um, he has a speech. It's, it's, just, it's one that we don't really know called the three evils of society. And in it, he talked about structural racism, materialism, and war. And it's funny to think that um, at the time that he wrote this, uh, in 1967, that he delivered this this speech at a conference, structural racism actually existed, and it has only served um, to have gotten worse. And I would say more of the actions of the day than we think. Right. So uh, as we begin to think about uh, housing, affordable, fair, and affordable and inclusive housing across Long Island, we realize that so much of the barriers to that are built into our policies, uh, our exclusionary zoning, um, taxation policies. When we think about educational equity and access for all of our uh, young people on Long Island to have high-quality educational experiences, so much of that um, and and what impact that, again, is built into the system. So as we think about um, remembering Dr. King, I want us to think more not only about, I want us to not only think about I have a dream, but I also want us to think about how much of that dream is still unfulfilled. And our well, your, your reference sure to that, that congressman uh, in the beginning of the discussion was that of George Santos, who has uh, you know problems in his own right. We should we should kind of say that we could take another half hour to explain that a little bit more. <laughs> We've already done it on this program, but in essence, your reference to. Uh, to Santos there. Now, let's get back as far as Dr. King. You know, you go back even to the mid-50s 
where okay. he rose to the for the civil rights movement, Laura. That was, I think, 1955. You know, you read about the Montgomery bus boycott. I've called the arrest of yeah. Rosa Parks, the African-American woman who had violated the city's uh, racial segregation ordinances when she refused to give her seat on a bus, and that to a white passenger. I mean, these were all events. You know, Gandhi's philosophy of using nonviolent resistance to affect social change. Dr. King promoted the use of nonviolent means, when you think about it, to really bring an end to racial segregation uh, in this country. Thus awarded the Peace Prize in 1964, an old Peace Prize, uh, for his efforts. Mm-hmm. I mean, you go back to some of these events, and they have such meaning, incredible meaning, even to today, you know? They do, and I think, um, you know, we think about the bus boycott um, and we think about Rosa Parks, and I think one of the things um, that gets lost in our focus on Dr. King is that Dr. King was the international face for a grassroots comprehensive movement, right? And I think one of the things that the civil rights movement had was that it operated on a number of different levels. Um, you had the NAACP and, and its Legal Defense Fund attacking um, unjust laws through the court. You had people like Ella Baker, Rosa Parks, um, who literally, and the young students, right, the freedom fighters, who literally were taking it upon themselves to, to right a wrong that they themselves, black and white, right, black and Jewish, um, and, and many white people of different um, ethnic ethnic backgrounds, to, they, they took it upon themselves to right this wrong. And, and, and some of the culminating moments, like the Montgomery bus boycott and, and the award of um, the, the winning the Nobel Prize, and, and, you know, the letter from Birmingham jail where, where Dr. King literally called out his fellow um, pastors and, and clergy on their silence in the face of uh, the wrongs that 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 were happening are timeless events. But but I think the the thing about the Montgomery boy the Montgomery bus boycott was that it was about an everyday action, right? Like it becomes this huge event that sets that's the catalyst. But literally, it was about something simple. It was about uh, people deciding, regular everyday people deciding that they were going to take a stand um, impacting one of the basic uh, things that everyone takes, right? Like, all of them took the bus to work. And all of them said, we, you know, they got together and said, we're not going to do it anymore. And we're willing to pay the sacrifice. And I, and I, and I think about how often many times we're unwilling to be uncomfortable for change in our simple everyday action. No, no question. No question. Laura Harding is the president of Race Racism. You know, I was reading uh, uh, so many quotes from Dr. King uh, over the years since his passing, and it's really, it's just monumental. The vision that he had and if you kind of fast forward into today's day and age where we have you know such problems as far as unity and everything else you know the one that really stand stands out to me laura is true peace is not merely the absence of tension it's the presence of justice 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and that holds so true in today's world in our society, you know, where we look at the tensions that are ongoing and you wonder how do we kind of quell those waters. Dr. King really yeah. had a true vision way back. He did. And I think that is what is so spectacular about who he is, is that he foresaw so much of what we're experiencing. He gave us... Um, solutions for how to address it, and he understood that uh, one of the things I think as black and white people and Latinx people and people in this country from different races and ethnic backgrounds is that we tend to think that we all have to think the same and be the same. And I think one of the things Dr. King really understood and really promoted was that you know, the beauty of the unity doesn't require each of us to be the same. It requires us to accept the differences in each other and treat each other uh, as human beings and as uh, valuable human beings, right? And I think that is what we have to remember, that um, it is very easy, especially in an economy that's shaky and given a recovery from COVID and all of these things that we go through, to think that someone else's success means that you will lose something. And I think one of the things um, Dr. King understood and promoted was that we're only as good as the weakest of us. We're only as good as our worst element. And so, therefore, if we um, go through life thinking that for one of us to succeed means that one of us has to, to um, not succeed, that that's where the problem and the tension lies, right? And that we all can succeed in various levels in various ways, but it doesn't mean that we take away from each other. It really just means that we create a better place for everyone. Uh, one more for you, and then we'll focus in on uh, your current work, and that is... <laughs> Dr. King, quote from way back, life's most persistent and urgent question is, what are you doing for others? And I think that's something (laughs) that just permeates. And what we really need to focus in on is how we can make it better and do things for others, right? We absolutely, because I think the thing we don't realize is that the more we do for others, it creates a common good for everyone. And um, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be a martyr, right, and lay yourself on the line and not uh, want better things for yourself or, or advocate for better things for yourself. But it also means that you understand. It, it's almost like equity in action, right? We understand that different people have different needs for all of us to meet a common good, a common goal. And so some people may need a little bit more than others, but it's also reminds us that everyone wins when the least of us wins. Question, the new president of a race of racism. You know, Laura, Laura Harding, of course, our guest. Laura, we've been speaking to Elaine Gross uh, for years on this uh, program, the founder and the president from way back, regional civil rights organization, great work race racism does. Uh, recognized, by the way, we should say, not only locally, but nationally, uh, for the cutting-edge work uh, that has been done, as I stated to you in the beginning of the conversation, uh, especially when it came to uh, housing and public school education, Laura. 
We discussed mm-hmm. many an event with Elaine Gross, and I'm sure that is work that you want to continue in a very positive way. Um, you know, really kind of, you know, accentuating the policy change, the local, the regional, some of the statewide levels, uh, a lot through some of the national coalitions. This is all stuff that you want to, I am sure, continue to do. Absolutely. I'm immensely grateful to Elaine for creating Erase Racism, for founding the organization, and for taking on some of the harshest issues of the day and continuing to push for change and achieving, you know, some level of change, but there's still more to do. And so what I say is that Elaine uh, created Erase and, and, and got it to college, and now it's my opportunity, my, my role and my job to take it from uh, college through grad school and life. And so, yes, we absolutely will continue to publish our cutting-edge reports that highlight inequity in housing and, and public school education. We will continue to push for changes. And the other thing we're uh, looking at doing is increasing, you know, we have a, a student voices campaign campaign in the student task force, and we want to really amplify that and make sure that we are training our next le- uh, level, uh, our, our next leaders of Long Island and across the state to help them be able to uh, ensure that many of the things that are happening now are not happening, so we want to amplify our youth development and youth leadership piece. We want to continue to expand our diversity, equity, and inclusion training, and also continue to empower and educate the community. You know, the governor has uh, recently, in her state of the state, shared uh, about her housing compact, which will impact many uh, communities on Long Island, and we think it's a, a, a great first step, but there's still a lot to go, and there's still a lot for us to do in terms of helping communities understand um, why affordable housing is so important, um, irrespective of where you live. And and also with the foundation funding, even though she's committed to fully funding that for public schools, there's still going to be a need for our uh, intensely great, intensely segregated uh, districts of color to continue to receive additional funding given the um, exacerbation of inequities as a result of the pandemic. Very important so stuff. No, no question. Do, and I also want to commend Long Island on some of the work it's already done. No question. Laura Harding, the new president of uh, Erase Racism. We hope to have many a conversation with you down the road. How's that? I'm looking forward to it, Jay. Feel free to have me anytime. You continue to be a powerful voice on Long Island and across the region. Have a great new year, and I'm looking forward to the great things that we'll be able to talk about. Hopefully great things in the future, better things in the future for sure as we improve. 